0: Hello, welcome to the Challenging University podcast with me, your host, Tony Kent. Now, how does the diagnosis of autism in your 20s help you better understand your experience of school? And how does being coached for Oxbridge clash when you can't perform recall under pressure? Cameron Phillips is head of customer success at marketing agency KB. He was expected by his school to go on to study for a degree, but found he was unsuited to high-pressure exam situations. In our conversation, Cameron shares why he swapped studying for A-levels for overtime shifts in the kitchen, what it was about exams that made him feel uncomfortable, his experience of being diagnosed with autism, how he learned to leverage his neurodiversity, and how educational establishments and employers can better support neurodiverse people. There's lots to learn and lots to love, and you'll find links to the organisations that Cameron mentions in the show notes. Hi, Cameron. Hello,
1: my day. I'm good. Thank you for agreeing to come on the challenging university podcast. I think we're third time lucky in arranging this, aren't we? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've had the pleasure to work with you for a little while now, and it's a when few you months, isn't it? yeah yeah <laughs> and when you sort of spoke about your background, I thought it'd be perfect for the podcast. So. For the listeners today and the listeners to come could you please share your full name and what it is that you do today
2: yeah i'm cam phillips i'm the head of customer success for kb um
1: who designed the challenging university website just saying
2: it's exciting isn't it
1: yeah. <laughs> yes, <that's laughs> a bit. um so that's <laughs> what you do today tell me about your memories of secondary school
2: yeah secondary school was uh it was an awkward one to be honest um and i think it now and later in life i see why it was like that mm-hmm. um so i think to give a bit of context when i was 21 i was diagnosed as being autistic mm-hmm. so secondary school was a fun one because sort of i was in that sort of realm of you know you didn't really fit in but seen as clever if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. But, um yeah so it, well, come on to the um what that diagnosis experience was yeah. like for you thinking about that perception oh well i think it's yeah. an actual fact that you are
0: academically
1: yeah, yeah. very bright intelligent guy i hope so <laughs> yeah, what is it um what was that characterized by at school how did you get on in the subject that you studied
2: yeah um I was really good with stuff like maths um, that was very that's very fact driven so you know maths uh, you know I, I said so like stuff like statistics and all that sort of stuff and like sports science the yeah. stuff where I maybe didn't do so well might have been you know well it was it was the stuff that was a bit more subjective so it's like you know in English what what's the meaning behind this you're like and they're like oh you know it, it's a red door what's the meaning you're like door's red <laughs> and they're like yeah but it's <laughs> you know no it, it means danger and you're like no it just means there's a red dot like
1: <laughs> yeah oh okay yeah 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 uh so were you um did you have talk to me a bit about your school where in the country did you go to school and did they indulge in streaming that kind of thing did they have set
2: yeah so i went to a grammar school in Harrogate, and it was very much um yeah, it was it's sets basically, you know. Um so you know, you had your bottom set, middle set, top set, and typically they just sort of banded you on initially based on what your like scores were when you did like a year. Six yeah.
1: sets
2: when you left primary school. Yeah. Um and then obviously they obviously changed and adapted as you went along, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was still very rigid in that way, I suppose.
1: And when it came to taking your GCSEs, how did you get on?
2: Um, I'm not very good at exams, and I think it just comes from the recall under pressure. Um, mm-hmm. So whilst you know things like and the courses that were really like BTECs and stuff like that, I did quite well in because you obviously do it in the moment, and you you know you recall knowledge at your own pace. Yeah. Some of the uh, exam side of things, maybe you know, I wasn't so great. Like science, like I just mm-hmm. bombed at science. Like, right. <laughs> um, But I mean, you so, could but,
1: technically. Yeah. but couldn't you? <laughs> if you're in the lab, you have got the right chemicals, it could happen.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, m- maybe not to that degree. <laughs> but I'm still here. So, <laughs>
1: um,
2: but yeah. Um, so, in terms of like that recall within that pressure, maybe not great, but like when it comes to stuff like recall at my own pace, where it was like say, the BTEC sort of analysing a solution and a problem sort of like maths or stuff like that, mm-hmm. I sort of did better in. So I probably should have seen a couple of sides sooner, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um, and what was the expectation for you once you set your GCSE? Um Was it A-levels and then a prediction to go on to uni or something different?
2: yeah so from probably early on in because so we chose you did your first two years of high school or whatever and then from there you chose you chose and subject matter what mm-hmm. to do for that year or whatever um so once we got to that point of i think so that'd be year nine nine yeah <laughs> yeah uh they sort of sort of started handpicking people that they sort of want to go to university want to push towards going to stuff like you know the hire red bricks as they as they, as they yeah. called them um and they'd run stuff like oxbridge programs all that sort of stuff trying to coach you in the best way to go to university at some point and just yeah. sort of go that is your option you you know university is the be all end all of, of life <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and did you go on to a levels
2: um kind of i did the first year mm-hmm. um and sort of i suppose at that point in my life i just sort of didn't want to carry on with school okay. um we we're from sort of like a working class family you know everyone else around me was working and making yeah. money and then i'm like i'm starting a levels and i'm not doing anything because yeah you know, i'm not yeah. getting much enjoyment out of that yeah. um but yeah i i did the first year of a levels and, and basically dropped out from there
1: okay and what did you go on to do them
2: um, I bounced around a bit to be honest um, mm-hmm. I started an apprenticeship with an events company um, mm-hmm. where I was doing um, like booking events and stuff for customers, clients, you know and, and it was, you know, they had a big contract was like working for the government so it was like booking like, all their meeting rooms for when they're having you know, whatever they need to discuss yeah. whatever <laughs> um, and it sort of from there I sort of went naturally into hotel sales and working mm-hmm. for like hilton um doing like selling out of their conference spaces like that um mm-hmm. and yeah it was sort of by chance i think I, I i got a bit tired of working in that industry that i fell into working for a print company doing sales mm-hmm. and yeah. um, sort of then accelerators us into i suppose marketing to where i am today and
1: something you mentioned there kind of about your family background and say coming mm. from a, a working class community there is that focus on where you graft and you earn money and yeah you can't get a job but at school they were saying to you mm, you could be on the uh, truly academic route yeah you could go to university we're going to prime you for that um what was it that kind of made you take that decision to say yeah, actually, I definitely don't want to continue in education. Was there a kind of moment um, where you thought this is just not for me?
2: I think it was a mixture, to be honest. I mean, from the age of 12, I was out doing something. So it was like, yeah, you know, I got paid for at 12 years old. And then yeah. my 60th birthday, I, I got a job working in kitchens and stuff like yeah. that. So it was it was a case of I'd always worked and I'd always sort of got money. And then it sort of came to that summer holidays of uh, that first year of A-levels and i basically became full-time in the kitchens for those six weeks whatever it was mm-hmm. and obviously because it was classed over so time the money was astronomical at like yeah uh, <laughs> 16 17, and you you know and you're yeah. taking one half thousand pound a month home and you're like oh, oh you know this you know and then suddenly you're in the realization of but i, I could be earning money rather than you know carrying on down this route um mm-hmm. And I think I think I just got fed up of it, um, mm. just over time of you know the constant deadlines, constant pressures in terms of you know yeah. this work, and in terms of like not as in like work that we do now, but you know mm. sort of you know these exams and you know everything you do over the year is suddenly dictated by this one hour you're sat in a big massive hall with loads of other people and some yeah. someone staring at you while you do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Slightly um uncomfortable.
2: Just a little bit. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'd forgotten about um like when you have an invigilator walking up and down yeah. and their shoes are making a noise, or then they look right at you.
2: If you like drop a pen and they like run over and pick it up for you, you're like you're not allowed to go get your pen or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and you you talked about getting to that point of uh diagnosis of having autism what what took you to that point what prompted you to to go down that route
2: i think my internet jumped there i, I talked to a point of getting to um
1: with the autism diagnosis yeah. what what took you to that point
2: um yeah i mean there was always bits that i'd, I'd question about the way i'd, I'd react um i would never i was never when i was younger great massively with group social stuff so you know mm. The, oh, let's let's go into groups and do a task and stuff like that. And yeah, um, initially, all it was a little bit of um, uh, you know, maybe finding things hard to integrate in, into things and all that sort of stuff. Whereas, mm-hmm. sort of as I'm getting older, you, you, more when you're working, sort of like where your stress levels are, sort mm-hmm. of where you're going. Um, and I hit a bit of a, a burnout, I think, um, during mm-hmm. that time, and I just sort of went, you know. And that was the point where, you know, I spoke to a doctor and he look, look, "What's what's going on? You know, can can you give mm. me advice and this? And, a, you know, we, we, we had basically a full consultation. You know, right, I want to put you forward for, you know, mm. the assessment clinics and all that. And, mm. yeah, it was, I suppose it was an amalgamation of probably years of stuff, but it sort of got to a point yeah. where it's like, right, okay, yeah, let's, let's see if this is the root cause. Mm.
1: And do you think... Um how did it how did it feel to come to that point do you feel like you said sort of now on reflection you can understand yeah. things in your school life um yeah how did that feel and, and what
2: yeah, kind of questions it was, did that answer quite a few actually I think it made it just made things make a lot more sense that maybe didn't for a long time
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and you know and you sat there like why you know why can't I do with like this certain situation and stuff like that and you're like you know it, it, and even to the the cliche of oh is something wrong with me because I can't do this Mm. Um, but then you know when you get that you start to you know it answers questions but also it gives you points to work on and adapt to Um, and you know rather than using it as something that's oh you know this is terrible this is you know it is what it is I'm I'm doomed basically (laughs) because it it, is not like that and you know it is a big point of what I try to do you know within my role anyway, is push the cart for diversity, neurodiversity within workplaces, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it was learning how to leverage that properly and not just see it as a, a boundary or a blocker to a certain path.
1: Yeah, that and that's really um, like useful and interesting mm-hmm. point to say you can then identify... Yeah, much as you've seen how something at school might have been a struggle, there is that element of going, oh, now I understand myself better. Yeah. I know how I can be more successful, happier, more settled. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And you've written some pieces about um, your experiences, haven't you?
2: You know, put this out there and see if, you know, it at least resonates with somebody. Um, Yeah. Which sort of led to me getting involved with um, a couple of charities that were involved in the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one, and it was like all oh, for inclusion. It was called, and he was like, "Right, okay, can I get you on the podcast? You know, we'll have this conversation." Yeah. It suddenly opened this door to, I've never done anything like that before, but you know, that sort of realm of almost self-promotion whilst yeah. trying to help, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and. Um... What do you think, um, or how do you think sort of educational establishments could better support people who are neurodiverse? Um,
2: I, think, I, I think generally it's just education. I mean, um, edu- educating education, yeah, that'll be a, a catchphrase to get out there, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: But uh, yeah, I, I think it's just a case of most people don't have a proper in-depth knowledge or they maybe have a dated knowledge of what it could be, Mm. Um, you know, and I think it's one of the key phrases I mentioned when my articles is, oh, you don't look like the type. And then suddenly it's, you know, people are put into types and stuff like that, whereas it's Mm. a little bit more, um, it's a little bit more diverse than that because you you get different ends of, you know, how people manage and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's sort of education on sort of more than just what the you know written definition is Um, but also being able to spot you know maybe someone does need support in that area and you know how they can possibly help with that
1: yeah and um how have you kind of brought this forward in the workplace do you feel that it's something that you need to disclose or how do you manage that part of of kind of bringing your <laughs> bringing your whole self to work <laughs> which is a phrase that people love to use yeah. right now <laughs>
2: <laughs> no it's, it's an interesting one and it's a good point because when I uh when I, when I first got diagnosed I told my boss at the time that I was working for and he went oh well we always knew there's so much strange and you know, they are like well great you know <laughs> <Wow>. that's lovely As I say I was looking for something else after <laughs> um, Yeah, but you know um and especially within like um where I'm now with KB, you know, the team there, we, you know, they embrace it, it. You know, they utilize my skill set for what it is, mm. and you know, um, and, we, and we look at, at a point of, you know, let's, how can we, you know, market a certain piece of, mm. you know, information out to the public that's going to be better accessible or yeah. stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's definitely yeah. helped there. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, that's just, I guess, just that first point you mentioned. It's it's astonishing that someone would say yeah. that. So wow. Um <laughs> thinking about you doing podcasts and writing articles actually helps yeah. people, like you say, to be more empathetic, understanding, yeah. um, respectful. I mean, if somebody came to you with a health issue, you wouldn't yeah. no, use a no, no, comment he... like that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and <laughs> um thinking about it kind of what employers or people in other workplaces could do, what have you found that like you say working with KB and they're really yeah. open. Um, and you're working on how everyone's skills can best be leveraged. What what yeah, do you what kind of things do you think have been done really well? Well the organizations could do really yeah. well to help them better um, include all employees.
2: Yeah. I mean, the first stuff is, is just consulting with somebody. I mean, look, you know, when I came in, you know, Chris and everyone was sort of like, you know, rather than just sort of making it a thing, they were there like, right, okay, you know, let's have a sit down. Let's see how we can best, you know, mm-hmm. adapt things to work for you. Let's see how, you know, you tell us what you need and we will try our best, obviously, to accommodate and make as much as we can for you. I think it is just from having conversations and learning. Uh, Mm And again, sort of, it it almost goes back to the education piece. It's still, Mm -hmm. you know, educating um, employers, people like that, and trying to, you know, help them see that, you know, it's not a write off if someone's, you know, if someone is neurodiverse because, you know, where they might, you know, struggle with one area, they're probably going to massively excel in another. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Was there, um, I'm intrigued to know once you came out of the education system yeah. did life feel easier
2: um a little bit yeah uh, I think that was just because like us say not everything was leading up to that one hour window of yeah you know if you such there but also I just think on the fact of when you're working you know what your objectives are quite clearly yeah. and you know how yeah. to manage that and how to get there and you can be maybe a little bit open in you know pushing back when you need to push back you can you know it's a bit more of a two-way street, whereas at school, you know, you, there's your deadline, you're dealing with it, or, you know, this is what you're doing, you know, mm. that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of it, sort of thinking about that. If you are um, a, a young person, a child in an education system that is not designed yeah. to, to help, you, you know, that, that still requires some education on how to get the best out of you, um, how uncomfortable that must be, and then yeah, yeah, coming into the working world, sort of the the, the differences that you would experience in having <laughs> <I think laughs> someone staring at you while you do your work, <laughs> kind of helpful. <laughs> um, so, what's next for you, Cameron?
2: To be honest, um, I haven't actually thought that far ahead. I mean, it's been a whirlwind few months for me anyway, uh, in terms of sort of how my career's gone. Um mm. it's been, you know, the, the where I am now it is massively accelerated, you know. It mm. I've just start, you know, I've just taken my first person on my own and i am suddenly I'm, you know, managing my my, my first actual team within um that yeah. I I suppose I've got full control over. It. And then yeah, I, I suppose it's just growing myself, um, learning within obviously my industry as such, but also carrying on with sort of like my advocacy, um, my articles pushing out more and more. And I suppose trying to grow that uh, a little bit and trying to mm. spread the word a little bit.
1: <laughs> and, and are there any good, because you mentioned you'd worked with a couple of charities, are there any good organisations that you would signpost people to that you think could help?
2: Yeah. I mean, the ones I've worked with are quite different as such. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's one that I, I sort of try pushing to, you know, maybe people within education is I worked with a racing team called Team Brit, and they were absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and their whole ethos was um, taking neurodiverse or disabled people and giving them, letting them race racing cars, like full you know, machines right. on a level playing field with everybody else, you know, and not just discriminating because, you know, yeah. the situation that people are in. Right. Um, R-
1: it's what they could
2: again, Team Brit. Uh, Team, Brit yeah. Team Brit, yeah, um, okay, and they and that was a really good piece, and it was it was it's something that, you know, I, I push myself. you know, we we had a client project recently where they wanted a big show and tell for an event and something that they could you know have as has as feature. and it was rather than, you know, the usual was like, well, why don't we get these guys in and they can do a talk and we can get yeah something going, yeah, um, so those, and then, um, there was there's one called All Four Number Four Inclusion, Um mm-hmm. and again he runs that. It's it's one guy and he runs that, and it's sort of again promoting sort of the same sort of similar messaging. Um, offering signposting into like, and he help, he gets involved with helping with like local authorities. You know, if if they're you're struggling with anything yeah. that you need there or stuff like that. So I think they're the big two that. I've been involved with personally that I definitely sort of signpost to
1: fantastic um Mm -hmm. we'll put a link to them in the show notes and I guess as a closing point what do you think sort of looking at your career so far and like you say it's a lot been happening very recently (laughs) what what do you think has sort of held you in good stead what what I could just ask you the question but what has held you in good stead throughout your career so far
2: I think it's just not being afraid to fail, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, if things go wrong, it doesn't matter, you know, that there's always a way out or a way to improve or things. Yeah. Um you know, I I was a rubbish salesman, but I was doing salesman sales for a while and I've ended up here. So it it all works out. <laughs>
1: yeah. I love that. Oh, it's good good advice for life, that is. Um thanks so much Cameron and I'm delighted we finally got to speak (laughs) um and I know that people are going to enjoy this episode thank you
2: thank you